It's time for the Thursday Night Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. The Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show is presented by Mechdyne. Headquartered in Marshalltown and founded by Iowa State grads, Mechdyne is a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. Now, here is your host, Jared Stansberry. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered as always by our friends at Mechdyne here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. I'm Jared Stansberry. As always, here with you every Thursday night from 6 to 7 here on KXNO. Welcoming in again for the second consecutive week, it's Jeff Woody. Hello, sir. Spring ball, you're stuck with me now. Also, or, or should I, inst- let me, let me read you that introduction. Uh, I'm just going to go with the, hello friends. Welcome to Thursday of the masters. It's officially the start of the golf holiday. There are four days of terrific athletes of precision, athleticism, and also spring football is happening. It's uh, been a good day, man. I went and got my first shot of the COVID vaccine this morning. Congratulations. Uh, I also acquired a new hat in the process. I'm wearing the hat right now. I, uh, it was on InstaFace. Uh, so if you are, if you follow Jared Sansbury on Instagram, you will be able to see this hat that he's got up on top of his head. Looks like a uh, Steve Awin. Congratulations. You've got a COVID shot. I feel like I can't take the hat off. Like now it's just stuck on my head forever. You have to in between your two doses that you have, you have to wear it all the time. It's actually, it's, they give it out after the, like with the first shot, and you have to just wear, it's sort of like a, it's a marker to say that you're halfway there. So you just, yeah. in the, whatever, 28 days it is between this first one and the second one, you just have to keep the hat on at all times. It's, you can take it off when you shower or, but if you're sleeping, you have to keep it on at least on your person. I, I get to keep it on until I get the rite of passage of feeling like crap for two days when I get the second shot. You can, you can wear the hat and you, but you have to wear it when you're sleeping, but you have to like kick your feet up on a table, like an old West cowboy and just tip it down <laughs> over your eyes. And that's just, and, you uh, have to resist. and keep a piece of straw in my mouth all just, the time. And, and it, it tuck it behind your ear. You're sleeping because you don't want to fall out. And then when you wake up, you got to instantly start chewing on it again. It's the right. way of the world. I saw it. I read it in a book. That's you get a COVID shot in a hat and you got to keep the hat on until you get the second one. Just that's what it is. It's uh that is what it is. All right. It's uh, let's talk some spring football here. Uh, I do want to shout out to our friends at uh, a plus lawn and landscape for being the presenting sponsors of our cyclone fanatic spring football coverage all spring long had plenty of stories here on the, on the site this week. I've written a few Rob has written a few, lots of good stuff. Thanks to our friends at a plus. If you're needing some help with your lawn, if you need your lawnmower, serviced or anything like that before uh lawn mowing season comes which it is fast approaching after all of the rain that we've gotten i'm looking out my window there is uh leaves starting to form on the trees outside the grass is going to be growing it's going to be long uh jeff woody will be walking around shirtless probably in a pair of jorts mowing his lawn here before too long uh so maybe call a plus and get your lawnmower service before then jeff uh I have uh, personally have an electric lawnmower, but A plus actually does do the landscaping at the gym. They do uh, the gym that my business partner and I own, and it's to, they do a terrific job. Good job. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, all right, let's talk some spring football. Um, man, I think the best thing about Iowa State spring football right now is that it's really boring, <laughs> and yeah. that that doesn't sound good. But when you consider the way that spring has been, you know, the last. I mean, not last year, obviously, but really every other year since I've been covering this program, it's always where you're just hoping to find that next guy, the guy who is going to be the guy to turn everything around or to, you know, even after they'd won the Liberty Bowl, after they'd gone to the Alamo Bowl, you're still, you know, looking for the next person up and things like that. And now it's just like, well, we have a good team. So that's that. And and what's... uh... I don't know. It, it, instead of looking for a whole, like we're, you're not trying to replace the couch in the living room. You're not trying to replace the the TV. You're not trying to replace the ottoman. You're trying to replace like, do we want to go with like a slightly larger light bulb in the lamp? Like that's the questions that the, the equivalent of the questions that you have is there's obviously room to tinker and there's obviously room to change. There's obviously room to experiment, but 
there are not wholesale changes that are by necessity required. You know, you're not trying to completely flip over your roster or position group or replace an all American at two different positions, or even, you know, worry about where your recruiting class is going to potentially fit in because you're going to age out after the following season. Like there's for the next, I mean, this is a very experienced laden roster, but Great, great position to exist in number one is almost everybody comes back. I mean, there are really, you could list on one hand, the number of, uh, and I don't mean to be denigrating to anyone who did contribute that left, but major contributing players, which it's basically Kane, Landon Akers, Jaquan Bailey, end of list, right? It's Dylan Sainer. Dylan Sainer. Yeah. Dylan Sainer. Yeah. And, and pretty much end of list of people that are major contributing points that are no longer going to be on the team. All right. Well, Okay. You got four out of call it on the two deep on offense and defense to 44 possible positions plus kick returner. So you got add another two or uh, another four with punt return and kick returner. So you have basically out of 48 potential roster spots, you got four that you have to replace. Again, you're not replacing the couch or the ottoman or the TV. You're replacing the light bulbs. And even those positions where you're replacing, like let's, let's you know, we can kind of get into how you replace individuals on those. And Stainer, we kind of have a concept of, all right, well, you have Easton Dean that, or the kid from Johnston, depending on how well he progresses, uh, we don't know. Or you could just run more two tight end sets and less three tight end sets. Or you run Jared Russ at fullback. Instead of having three tight ends, you have two tight ends and a fullback. You have the capacity to run different sets and still keep the same thing. Or you could just slightly tweak and now you have a, two tight end set with two wide receivers instead of 13 personnel where you'd have Xavier Hutchinson or Sean Shaw and three tight ends. So it's a slight tweak, but you have uh, a couple different overlaps of where that could be replaced. So Saner, we have kind of an idea of what you, what direction you could go in. So although it, you, uh, you got to disperse out from that one position, that third tight end into a fullback or a wide receiver, or, uh, you know, maybe Easton Dean fills in and he can do the things that Saner could do, but I bet he's probably a few years away from being able to block like Saner could because he's a quarterback and you got to learn how to do it or former quarterback. So, okay. We figure out where Saner is going to be replaced. Jaquan Bailey. We'll get into that one. That one. Cause that's a little bit tougher of a, of a trait, straight one-to-one replacement. Canadian Wangu kick returner not going to be able to replace just flat out. You don't have somebody that's as good as Kane, but at the same time, you do have explosive players. You have guys like Tariq Milton who did most of the punt returning potentially could do the kick returning or find another really fast guy who can get you maybe three yards less on returns, but as a running back position, Jairo Brock will likely be a better second running back than Kane was a second running back. Because by the time the season got done, Kane was really actually a pretty effective runner. Like we saw in the West Virginia game, he just, I mean, he did the things that Kane would, that one would expect Kane to do. But at the same time, you had to pull him out in any position that's not pretty much a direct run because that wasn't his game. His game wasn't blocking. Well, Jairo Brock was the blocking back last year, and now he gets the chance to show that he can actually be a runner. So as an offensive position, you kind of consolidate a lot of your offensive production into uh Brees hall and gyro brock and then maybe another guy who can spell those other two so that's can't replace him at kick returner but you're probably going to be better at running back and then landon acres there's plenty of guys to replace landon acres next on the list is jaquan bailey would be the only one that's uh, i think jaquan bailey is probably your hardest to just replace but in the same way that Saner, you're not going to replace Dylan Saner because, again, the guys that you have there are a young tight end who can't really block yet. He doesn't know how to do it. It takes time to be big and strong enough to do it. And then Easton Dean, again, former quarterback, really good ball skills, plays much more like Charlie than he will Saner. So like with Jaquan, you got guys like Peterson. You got guys like uh, Wazirika, who's probably going to be playing inside or potentially going to be playing inside. There are good players but you also might have to start doing things like Orion Vance led the team in sacks two years ago. They didn't bring as much pressure last year. Cause you have Will McDonald and Jaquan that are doing all the pressuring from a three down. Maybe you just get more creative with your pressures and start bringing Orion more Mike Rose more or whatever. 
maybe you just have to offset his duties again, like saying, or overlapping a little bit with a couple different options. Maybe on defense, you have to replace him by committee, not replacing him there. That's all you're thinking of as far as a replacement. So other than that, other than really those two individuals, it's like, all right, well, how do we get some young guys, some reps and keep everybody healthy? That's spring ball in a nutshell is figure out how to replace those guys and get some looks at some younger guys and keep everyone on the active roster. That's it. That's your goal. Could I be off base in thinking that any could have his best season that he's had this next year? Because I almost wonder if not having Jaquan there, you know, maybe he'll get let loose a little bit in the way that Jaquan was previously. I mean, obviously they're different players, but it's like, he won't have to be that rock steady guy, but now like you lose Jaquan, like on those third down passing situations. Now you can put him and will across from each other and let we, you can see, let him show what he can do as a pass rusher a little bit more. Perhaps, but that also depends on, I think any is a guy who is a, uh, so the Baylor national Baylor national championship basketball game, they called the what's, what's the dude's first name? Vital is his last name. Mark vital, Mark vital. He is reminded me of like a, 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 a sort of like a Melvin Edgem kind of guy where effort and then the gritty, uncomfortable things that no one really wants to do. He lives there and does the uncomfortable things that nobody wants to do. Any is the defensive line version of that. And so it's the stuff that like Will McDonald is going to get the sacks and the linebackers are going to get the tackles and any does the things in between that aren't fun. It's like throwing the things like throwing off double team timing by offensive linemen. It's like getting into someone's chest and just pushing the pocket uh, and drawing a second defender. So the guy can get there. His game is not in doing the flashy things. He can do the flash things. Like I, I don't remember what quarterback it was last year. What it might've been Baylor where he's pushing the offensive tackle back with his left hand or something. And then with his right hand, he grabs the quarterback and rips him to the ground. So he's got a quarterback in one hand and an offensive lineman in the other and gets the sack. That's the flashy stuff that he's going to do. But I think where his game needs to improve in that explosiveness and stuff like that. So if he works on it and can be in a position to do that, sure. But I don't think that's necessarily where he's best at. His, his best stuff is going to be in making everyone around him better. So I'd be, it's not that I'd be surprised if he has this great thing, but I wouldn't look into the season expecting like, you know, who's going to have a heck of a sack season as any Owazarike. It's going to be like, he has the chance to, but I think he just, he's just got to continue to build his skill set out because he probably will be floating back and forth between playing an interior defensive line spot and playing an outside defensive line spot because his, his skill set is kind of both. You talked about Jairo Brock too, and he's someone that I think is interesting because, you know, obviously he came to Iowa state as a pretty highly touted recruit uh, and arrived with a, you know, a guy who wears number 28 that turned out to be pretty dang good, you know, and we knew that Brees Hall was going to be a good player when they were being recruited. We, we thought that that could be one of the better running back duos in, in that recruiting class. I, I got to give that kid credit though. Cause he, you know, in today's culture, like he would have had every opening to transfer, you mm-hmm. know, and, and especially once Brees emerged to be what he is. And now, you know, if he's not the best running back in the country returning, then like that, the list that would be ahead of him is, is incredibly small. And the guys that are on the list probably played Alabama, you know, or Clemson or something. And they're, you know, it's the five-star recruit that we haven't seen yet because they had five-star recruits in front of him. But I think like for Jirel to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to carve out my niche. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not going to really get very many snaps the first two years. And now like, He's like, all right, now it's my time to prove that I can be the number two back behind Brees, you know, Mm -hmm. and we know that he's got the talent to be a really good back, but uh, like just the character that he's showing by staying, I think is really impressive, let alone what he can do on the field. And I think that's a testament to both Jirel and to the culture that Iowa State has in that locker room, because uh, if you have a locker room that could be, you can still have a successful, you know, full locker room or successful team when a lot of guys are kind of looking out a little bit, a little bit for themselves in the sense of like, what's best for me and what's best for me is best is to be good because that's best for everyone else. And it ends up working, but it's, it's harder. It's a harder line to walk. Whereas when you have a, what is best for the team 
And where can I fit in this giant tapestry of the team? And with Jirel Brock being willing, just like we talked about Saner, how he became a guy who is potentially going to play in the NFL and any as a guy who is now a stalwart on the defensive line, not doing the sexy things that Jirel Brock found the thing that allowed him to play, to give himself a chance to give himself a chance because uh, you look at like North Carolina last year where they had, I think both those guys are going to end up going to the league this year. I think they're both, they both decided to leave, but they had, I think 2000 yard, 2000 yard rushers. And so it's possible to exist with two stud running backs at the same time. It's not like the Emmett Smith days where like one dude's going to get 37 carries. So understanding that there are call it 70 offensive snaps or 65 offensive snaps Brees ain't going to take all of them. And so understanding where you can fit in, in those 60 snaps or 70 snaps or whatever, and being like, you know what? Brees doesn't block as well as he could. I'm going to be the best blocker that I can possibly be. And then by the end of the season, he became that guy and the running part, that's an instinct thing. You can practice it. You just gotta be big, strong and fast, but you also just kind of have to have an instinct of where your spacing is and that will come to practice. But like I said, that's a lot of instinct and he's got that. So now by being a really good blocker, he has put himself in a position that he is the very clear number two. So again, let's go back to 65 snaps because Iowa state plays a little bit slower. So we've got 65 snaps. Let's say Brees takes 42 of them. You got what? 23 snaps left. Okay. What if half of them are run plays? You got 12 carries a game, 12 carries a game. If you average six or seven yards a carry, because you're an off back guy, you could be running 70 yards a game. I'd take that. So you can carve yourself a niche by being good at the little things, which gives you a chance to be good at the big things. And I think another, like a, a star Wars reference is what Yoda saying, like uh, failure, the best teacher is. So like, by not being there, he had to look in the mirror and say, all right, what's Brees doing that I'm not, or what can I do that he's not? And actually like take a self-examination and be mature enough to be like, all right, I got to be the blocker. And then he's worked himself in that position. So yeah, Jairo Brock is a really interesting character um, in this storyline of this next season, because he did have to put, go through, I mean, being next to Michael Jordan, you know, you're not going to be the, you're not going to be the shooting guard for the Chicago bulls. You just won't, but you could be Dennis Rodman and get 20 rebounds a game and take three shots. You know, eventually then you, you can potentially work yourself into being a position that you get the fun stuff. But yeah, he's, he's had a really interesting arc to get him to now. How can Brees be better? Blocking. Can he? he can be uh, blocking. I think the things that uh, when you look critically at what Brees did the things that he does exceptionally well, exceptionally well are use leverage and timing. Like his difference between pace of I'm going slow where I need to go slow to set up a block because I want you linebacker to go on the right side of this offensive guard. So I'm going to change my pace and my angle. So you react to me, go to the side of the garden. As soon as you do that, I'm going to make my cut off and go where you weren't. And that's, that's what he did incredibly well. And then you add the physical talents of being like, you know, able to make the really strong one cut, then be as top speed strong as he is, uh, be as balanced as he is, those kinds of, those kinds of things. But things that he's not necessarily that strong at are things like pass blocking. You're going to have to take him out on a third down play if it's third and 13, because gyro blocks a better blocker. But what if, on a third and 13, because he is able to pass block, he can stay in there. And all of a sudden you have like a, a Spencer Rattler type play where he just bounces out and then finds a guy because he's open, gives it to Brees Hall. And now he's got an open space to get a 32 yard run after catch because no one's there. Those opportunities that he has to make those plays are not there because he doesn't block that well. So, or as well as what his playing caliber is, he's not a bad blocker, but when you compare his ability to run with the ball and his ability to play off the ball, his playing off the ball is not at the same level at his playing on the ball is where Jirel Brock right now is the direct inverse of that, where Jirel Brock plays off the ball better than he plays on the ball. And so that's where he can spend most of his time. And then 
Um, I think we'll spend a fair amount of time in the next segment talking about what coach Campbell did and has his approach to practice has changed. Uh, I think is beneficial to Brees in particular that Brees got dinged up towards the end of the year in like sprained ankles and just kind of accumulation injuries. Well, he's going to have eight months now to strengthen his body so that those accumulation injuries either don't hit or take longer to accumulate because he's going to be in the weight room more, be able to get more mobility in his ankles, get more strength in his hips, stuff like that is preventing himself from sliding down toward by the end of the season with just accumulation of hits that he can become more durable and things like that. So there are things that he can work on. Uh, you got to nitpick a little bit, but I think the great ones want to be nitpicked. I mean, it's a lot like David, you know, yeah. like I think he has more like pure physical ability than what David maybe did. Like obviously David did some things that were just absolutely insane. Like don't take that as me saying that, David didn't have the physical ability. Clearly he does. He, there's a reason that he's been as good as he has for the Chicago bears, but what Brees can do with like his top speed and those kinds of things. But yeah, it's like, memory. Right. Like he has some of just the pure tools to be a great running back that David just, he just didn't have. And I mean, I'm sure David would even say that, you know, at least at when he was at Iowa state, like he's shown some of those things that, with the bears, he also had a considerably different situation up front than what Brees has. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and, and that's where I want to go next. It's Jerry Sainsbury and Jeff Woody here on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne. That offensive line is interesting to me because we have spent all this time these past few years just trying to find five guys, five guys who can be not even like be good, but can be average mm-hmm. most of the time because then as a unit you can be average most of the time. Like that was in our mind. That was what Iowa State needed was like, Man, if they can get to where they're just average, this offense could be really, really good, you know? Yeah. Now, not only, not only do they have five guys who can be average, they've got like seven guys who can be good and really yeah. good. And you, got, and, and you got probably three that could be drafted to play in the NFL, at least. And there's, and there's guys who we haven't really seen play in games yet that they say they think have chances to be really good. How do you balance that group? I mean that's a lot of talent. Like, and there's only five spots and like, you know, I know that you can rotate people around and stuff like that, but how much do you really want to do that with how important continuity is at that position? It's that's a, I mean, that's a a big balancing. I mean, Jeff Myers is going to have his hands. I mean, his hands full, but in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. His hands full of, uh, you know, again, back to the back, I think offensive line and basketball go really well together, partially because there are five positions that you're trying to fill partially because you can do it a bunch of different ways, uh, that, you know, in a team like Oregon in basketball has four, six, six athletic dudes and one center, you know, and they can just play a bunch of different ways. And then you have teams, uh, I don't know, a, a team that's more defined like Gonzaga that has your, you know, two or three big guys and, 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 you know, they're, it's playing the same sport, but it's two completely different approaches to doing the same thing. And the offensive line is similar to that in that there are traditionally roles like your tackles are generally taller, longer, and more athletic. Your guards are generally not shorter, but they're bigger bodies that are trying to move human beings out of the way. Then your center is the brains and the more bigger, stronger, and more athletic he can be, that's great, but he needs to be a brain first. Well, now if you've got seven guys that, I mean, I don't think, I mean, call me wrong, call me crazy, but Remsburg probably could play guard. uh, But Remsburg is more, Remsburg could, is probably, is just a true tackle. Like he is going to exist out at tackle. He's probably not going to be moved into guard. Just like Sean Foster. Like Trevor Down. Huh? Just like Sean Foster. Yeah. Just like Sean Foster. Those guys are tackles. Like I think Foster could play at guard cause he's more of a mauler, but like Remsburg is of the group. I think the purest tackle and then like of the guards, like downing Trevor downing is the truest guard, but he could play tackle. So you really have like those two guys. And then just for, for the sake of, I mean, Simmons and Newell could both play center, but just because of his brain, Newell is going to be your starting center. So you have really like three guys that have positions that you want to keep them in. So you can play right tackle or left tackle. You play right guard or left guard. Center is pretty much established. But then what else happens in there? Because mm-hmm. let's say Remsburg takes one of the tackles. Let's say Downing takes the other one of the guards and Newell plays center. 
Well, let's say Simmons, for whatever reason, is, is balling out. But let's say Schweiger is also balling out. Like those are the two guys that end up one being the best, the other two best offensive linemen that come out of that group of seven. Both of them play guard. So if you have the flexibility then to play an offensive line unit, kind of like Oregon plays basketball and having four, six, six dudes that all do everything, then you could move Schweiger over to tackle, keep Simmons at guard. And now you have more or less three natural guards playing tackle guard guard, but they're good enough that they can rotate in. And then all of a sudden, you know, God forbid something happens to one of them. It's offensive linemen. They generally roll an ankle or something. And a lot of the time you have, two guys, whoever, two or three, whoever's not playing that naturally are going to fit in. And so I think if you're Jeff Myers, you're trying to find the best five guys that play the best together. And you don't really care what position it is because you want the best unit out there. And then you can, if you have the, the maturity and teammate-ness, that kind of camaraderie in the group, you can pretty easily because they are offensive linemen. The if you make it through with all five of your dudes playing all the snaps in a season, it is an absolute miracle. And so you can e very easily say like, something's probably going to happen to one of the starters. We're going to need you for a big portion of the season. If you guys stay active and stay involved. So you don't lose them to being like, well, I'm not playing. I'm out. So I don't know. I, I think that the uniqueness of this position that, that Jeff Myers and, and the rest of the offensive staff are in is that they have a lot of depth and not only that, that depth is really flexible at where it can play. So it's, you're not handcuffed to, you know, well, we got six guards and one tackle. Let's figure out how to make this work. It's you got two or three guys that are pretty position specific. And then you got five dudes that are just offensive linemen they're going to play wherever they need to play we'll be right back on the cyclone fanatic radio show powered by mechdyne on des moines sports station 1460 kxno and 106.3 fm hey guys it's williams here from cyclone fanatic on behalf of my friends at nebraska furniture mart and clive they've been a part of the cyclone fanatic radio show here thursday nights on kxno for a really long time we're, we're talking like half a decade now they're great supporters of what we do, and in return, we like to do the same to them. That's why anytime I need any electronics, anything like that, I call my friend Tim Mullen at Nebraska Furniture Mart Clive. Not only do I get the best service in town, but they're Cyclone Fanatic supporters, big time. Give our friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart and Clive a call today and tell them Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life. Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. I have, I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. 
Gershman Mortgage, the Midwest's premier mortgage lender, is proud to be a part of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home, a vacation home, if you're going to upgrade or remodel that existing home, you can even refinance your current mortgage. Gershman Mortgage is here to help. With over 60 years in the mortgage industry, we have security, experience, and unmatched service. Visit our Ankeny office. Call 515-964-5952. Visit Gershman.com to get pre-approved today. Gershman Mortgage, NMLS number 138063, 1200 Southwest State Street, Suite E, Ankeny, Iowa, 50023, Equal Housing Lender. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in times of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, an initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have participated, including 30,000 first-time donors. The gifts thus far total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. Learn more at ForeverTrueISU.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, Here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's cream liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you serve pork at your tailgating party. Hi, I'm Dave Struthers, and I'm here to remind you that Iowa pig farmers like me work hard year-round so you have safe, wholesome pork for the football season. Whether it's pulled pork sandwiches, ribs, or chops, nothing says tailgating better than pork. This message brought to you by Iowa Pork Producers through the Pork Checkoff. Make your tailgating delicious. Learn more at iowapork.org. Hey guys, it's Williams here for the Iowa Clinic and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. This is not just a standard like, oh, I'm going to endorse the Iowa Clinic. No, this is real. I've gone to the Iowa Clinic now for, well, basically since I moved up here. So we're pushing a decade now. Dr. Nicholson in Ankeny is my go-to guy, but I've also had other stuff, you know, specialists I have to go to, all that stuff, and you know why I need to go see the specialist? Because I'm a man, and I go to the doctor because I want to be there for my two little girls, I want to be able to walk them down the aisle, I want to be there to hold their babies and be a grandpa someday. Be a man, go to the doctor, iowaclinic.com, tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you their way. This pony needs a new home. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Welcome back to, into the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show powered by Dine here on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KX Snow 106.3 FM. Shout out to our friends at MacDine. If you want to learn more about them, check them out online, MacDine.com. Check out their careers page there on MacDine.com. If you're looking for a new line of work or anything like that, it's a fantastic company run by Cyclones and a great culture to walk into and uh, continue your career. Man, I want to continue this conversation about the offensive line a little bit from, from the first segment because it's just I feel like this team, this staff is going to have to like really walk a balance beam a little bit because of like, at the end of the day, you're probably going to end up putting a guy or having to sit a guy who was an all big 12 player 
at that position. Probably. And, and like, that's, that's wild, you know? And I think you're probably even in a position like that a little bit on, you know, on not necessarily on defense because like those guys are all pretty set, but it's like, there are guys that are coming up who are good enough to play, you Mm -hmm. know, like in Eric Horn, a Deshaun Davis from everything we've heard, you know, Mason Chambers, uh, got Kamani King, like guys like that have shown like that they've got the ability to get out there and play for this team. But in like, I, I think there's some guys in that linebacking core, especially like they have the talent to be all big 12 type guys if in a normal year, but it's like, Oh, Jake Hummel came back. Jake Hummel's a stud. Jake Hummel's an all big 12 type player. And now all of a sudden, like you've got to sit for another year. Like, mm-hmm. That's, that's what will be interesting to me is just to see how all of this works. And Iowa State's not the only team in the country that has this problem, but it's just, it's, and it's not a problem, but it's just, it's going to really test their ability to like manage personalities. I feel like, well, you've kind of moved now into a position where you want to be. I mean, if you look at Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, how are their backups? Yeah. You know, like you got a five-star wide receiver. That's a sophomore, you know, at, at some place that, well, that's how you had... end up with Devonte Davis, who had only had a couple catches all year. It comes in and catches the game winning touchdown in the national championship game as a freshman, you know, like it's like, Devontae Smith? yeah, Devonte Smith. What yeah. did I say? Devonte Davis. So oh, my like, bad. Yeah. Devontae Smith. Smith. Yeah. But you, you have these super talented guys that are younger that are behind even more talented upperclassmen. And then when they get in there, I mean, again, look at any position group that you think of as like blank position, insert position here, blank you, you know, linebacker, you, or defensive line, you, or whatever Alabama's defensive linemen, how many great defensive linemen does Alabama have that are getting seven snaps a game just because the guys ahead of them are that much better. That is the position that you need and want to be occupying. If you want to consistently be walking into a season being a favorite for the playoff, which is exactly where when Matt Campbell said, I'm coming to here to build a championship program, that's exactly where you walk into. So in order to be there, you have to be here, which is shoot, man. Uh, we got seven dudes that can play three positions and we're not totally sure who's going to be there. But what that does to those seven dudes is they know that like no one, you know, if you got a bunch of, wide receivers running four eights. And then you're like, well, we just got to take the best three of this group. You know, that that's not, you know, you got confidence in yourself, but you know, that's not like a, a consistent dominant group. When you have guys that are as good as they are going to be competing with four starting jobs, that's a rising tide raises all ships kind of situation where, all right, Hummel, you are a stud, you are an all big 12 player, but you're going to have to earn your spot back. You're not just going to be given your spot back because you're older. You're going to have to earn it. So I think it's a great position to be in. It's the dream. So now the curiosity is this coaching staff now is they have walked themselves to another level of things of dealing with success and of, uh, uh, spoils of riches, you know? So that's where they're going to be. And I think it is going to be a curious, uh, a curious story to watch how guys are dealing with that because, you know, I, I think that they're going to, the culture is, and the coaching staff is built to handle it, but we'll see. It's, it's kind of crazy because I almost feel like this whole deal has like expedited Iowa state's process. Yeah. Because now like, as like, we're not going to hide from the fact, Iowa state's a developmental program. Like Matt Campbell talks about that all the time. Like, they don't go and sign five-star recruits that are going to come in and be superstars right away. Obviously they've hit on a couple kids. You know, Brees Hall came in good enough to be a superstar as a freshman after he after the light bulb came on. Mm-hmm. But like Brock Purdy, same kind of deal. Like the kid had the talent to be a superstar. But it's like those kids who come in as the three-star recruits that they're like, we know that this kid has the potential to be really, really good. It's just going to take a minute. Mm-hmm. In the past, like that guy had to get on the field, you know, and even then, like he might redshirt, he might have his redshirt freshman year, and then he's on the field as a redshirt sophomore. Well, okay, now it's like, no, you're not going to get on the field as a redshirt sophomore. You're going to get on the field as a redshirt junior, mm-hmm. you know, and so you get that. They're like, you get that one extra year, even where it's like a guy who most times would probably already be coming in to be a starter. Now he's on the bench again for one more year, learning from guys who are like really experienced and have just become studs and 
you can continue to just hit the ground running the next year because you're like, shoot, we got these guys that nobody's ever even seen before that have been building in the program for three, four years. And they've still got two years of eligibility left. Yeah. And, and what's fun about that. So this is a theoretical conversation and perhaps this is slightly cardinal tinted glasses. Um, but I think it's generally a pretty fair observation is teams like Iowa state in the up and coming, but culturally sound groups are going to benefit from this boom bust cycle, um, of COVID transfers and moving and coming and people getting an extra red shirt and guys what are going versus the, the big dogs are not going to have as much of a year over year advantage over those teams as what would normally occur. And here's my rationale. So how many guys from Clemson or Oklahoma, well, Oklahoma perhaps isn't the best example Alabama, how many guys from Alabama are going to leave for the draft? You know, you're normally going to have like, seven or eight guys from that team in any given year drafted the NFL. So they're going to have, they're going to lose for sure. Still seven or eight of those guys. And they're not, and their attrition because of that is the exact same in any given year from one year to the next. So they're going to have to replace that. And normally where those teams advantages are, are that they are more talented than you are, even though you might be more experienced. But because there are, everyone can come back. Now the teams that generally have that attrition to lose seven or eight guys, in the NFL, they're now having to bring their new inexperienced guys in. And the other team is playing their more experienced, still talented guys so that they don't have time to just let your inexperienced, lesser talent versus our inexperienced, greater talent we are now in a better position than you. It's now we are less experienced and you are more experienced and also equally talented now. So now I think teams like Iowa state, North Carolina, those teams, you're going to be losing a few, but you're going to be returning more. And so teams like that are, like you said, expediting the process now of letting another recruiting class get in that now you're having freshmen or a true freshman, redshirt freshman, redshirt, redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomores, redshirt juniors, redshirt seniors. You have five classes now of eligible players that are able to play right now that you then have to increase that competition level, which then you filter another team, another level in after the next year and another level after the next year, you still have all of that high level competition. That's just kind of built because you've stopped the release valve and still increased the flow into this bottle. So it's, um, Teams like Iowa State, North Carolina, I think this next year of all of the years is potentially where I'm not saying Alabama and Clemson are going to fall off by any means. They're in Ohio State. They're still the best teams in the country. But I think the disparity between the top one or two or three and the rest is going to be smaller this year than in years past. It might be the, the, the to use another economic analogy, it might be the market correction that we've all been kind of hoping for because everybody gets to return everything else. And now the, it, again, the innate advantage that Alabama has in their talent is not quite as pronounced. All right. We have hardly talked about Iowa state's defense at all. Uh, and they bring a whole bunch of good players back. The one that I think everybody's most interested in is Will McDonald. W what do you think the focus is for this staff with Will McDonald during the off season? Brother, you got to put on some weight and at the same time, you got to figure out how to play run defense because you are going to now be counted on to be a, an every down player. You know, uh, you can't just be basketball analogy. You can't just be the off the bench spot up three point shooter. That is just going to stand in the corner. You're going to be put in there for four minutes at a time, rack up five, three point shots, get taken off because you can't defend and you're going to play 16 minutes a game, but you're going to shoot eight, three pointers. That's not your role anymore. It can't be your role anymore because we need you to now be a starter who in basketball is getting 34 minutes a game. You're going to have to learn how to defend in order to merit that change that you have now been forced into. So we have to figure out how to play run defense. And in order to do that is either going to have to get a lot better with his hands or bigger, just more massive to resist being pushed around. So I think for him, his physical rush, the quarterback talents are always there. 
dude is a freak, but now figuring out how to play every single down, the mechanics, the technique, the, the positioning, the stuff that he doesn't have to be, I don't want to say a liability cause he's still good at it, but he can excel in the run game as well as he excels in the pass game is thing. Or I bet those are the things they're looking to him to do. And, uh, and I think that because one of the things is get bigger and stronger, the way that Campbell and the staff are approaching this spring are going to be very beneficial to guys like him. And like we mentioned before, Brees. Why is that? So you, I mean, I don't know if he's talked about in any press conferences that you've kind of been um, at, but in, in reading articles on it, one of the things that's really cool about coach Campbell is understanding is knowing that he doesn't find himself so smart that he can't learn that last year because of COVID and not, and having non-contact restrictions and not being able to hit and basically no spring ball and doing everything digitally from a distance and just learning the playbook. He looked at that and they, the staff looked at that last year and went, wait a second, when you add co strength coach Andrews and the fact that we didn't crush our, each other in spring ball, we were way fresher by the end of the year because we had a consistent seven month block or eight month block of, in the weight room that we're not interrupting that with a month of tear down and trying to build back up three months later, we're just keeping this progress in the weight room for seven straight months. We were stronger and healthier by the end of the year than we've ever been. Okay. Let's learn from that experience and go, how do we apply that in a position when we're not forced to do non-contact let's choose to do non-contact or, or less contact because we want to keep our weight room progress going from January to August. And then once we get to August, we've built the foundation of strength uninterrupted for eight straight months. And now we are hitting once we get to August. So the strength and weight room gains and health that is going to be built from this, not doing a lot of contact. I mean, they're doing, I, I think they're doing what, like one week of pads. And even if that it's going to be like young guys. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have it's a completely different approach. And they looked at like the NFL's OTAs that they would have and their the NFL's preseason and stuff that the, the labor union is or the, the players union have, has like negotiated with them. of we can't, you can only hit X amount of times and being like, how do we take lessons from that and lessons from COVID and put in our spring ball. So guys like Will McDonald are going to have eight months of uninterrupted weight room time to progress and build a, a fitness plan to get him where they need to go. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think too, like, I almost wonder if this focus where, you know, they're spending a lot of time on installing the offense and things like that, but like, also you have so many guys that are coming back that it's like, how much install do you have to do in the spring? Like what you might on a normal year, you know, obviously there's elements of it, but at the same time, it's like, there hasn't been that much changeover. Do you think they'll be able to do some more wrinkle type things because I'm of sure that? They, I'm sure they can, but uh, you being a basketball guy, how did John Wooden coach his UCLA basketball players when they were winning title after title? Ran their press and they went fast. And they did what they were going to do. And they just yeah. did it so well that you didn't have a chance because they're going to do what they do better than you can do anything. And I think returning to, and so coach Campbell's a big fundamentals guy. Every, every coach says they're a fundamentals guy, but there are certain people that actually practice it more. You're when you do as many fundamentals well without screwing it up, it's really hard to stop. And so I think what they're going to probably be doing is a similar to John Wooden in 1976 or whatever years he was there of practicing their offense and mastering it down to the tiniest inch of success. And if you can be good with your one and two deep being machine-like in efficiency and execution, then it doesn't really matter what else you're doing. And you can do, you can add wrinkles for sure, because you have experienced guys and wrinkles are easy to put in when the base is really strong. But I bet learning fundamentals, I mean, you're, again, you're a basketball guy. How many free throws did you shoot even towards the end of the season? Just because you're shooting motion, stuff can happen, but shooting free throws is about as simple as it can get. Taking your blocking steps, if you're an offensive lineman, or wrapping up when you tackle, or hitting your angles if you're a running back, or catching the ball if you're a wide receiver, 
eliminate those self-made mistakes and how good are you going to be? So, so how many times do you think they're lining up their uh, formations in the red zone each time? Just lining up correctly. We saw that become a problem. <laughs> just, all right, Joe Skates, I want you to stay at the X receiver and we're going to motion a tight end. You have to do it right. That's it. All we're doing is just figuring out what the X receiver is going to do on a shift in the red zone. End of story. That's the whole drill for 10 minutes. Yeah, we're going to spend two periods on this and we're going to run the same formations over and over and over again until you guys do it 15 times in a row correctly. You missed a shot. Start it over. Start the counter over. All right. Thanks again to A Plus Lawn and Landscape for being the presenting sponsors of our spring football coverage here on Cyclone Fanatic. You can learn more about them at aplusLawn.com. We're going to talk some basketball when we come back here on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show powered by Mechdyne on the Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hey, y'all. Brent Bloom here. Let me tell you about my friends at Nebraska Furniture Martin Clive. They have a giant new store that they opened up about a year and a half ago. They're in West Clive, right near the Waukee border, my old stomping grounds. And they can help you out with any of your needs. In fact, with a larger warehouse now, a larger selection, they have many items right there at the store. In fact, my mom just needed some new appliances recently. It was an easy call to make. Told her to call Tim Mullen and the guys and gals over at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. And always ask for the price match. They'll help you out. There's something competing out there. Check out our Cyclone Fanatic friends at Nebraska Furniture Mart in Clive. Look no further for your next vehicle than the number one dealer for all brands, Carl Chevrolet. All month long, save as much as up to 21% off on a variety of new Chevrolets. Or qualified buyers can receive 0% for 84 months on select new 2020 Chevrolet models when financed through GM Financial. And don't forget about the great zero-down sign-and-drive lease offers on select new Chevys. Find new roads and experience why more Iowans choose to drive a Chevy from Carl Chevrolet or find details and pricing online at carlchevrolet.com. Plus, follow us on Facebook to keep up with all the great things we have going on this month. Proven to be worth the trip from anywhere for over 40 years. Carl Chevrolet, I-35, exit 90, in Ankeny, at The Rock. Your dealer for life. Carl Chevrolet. Hey guys, it's Chris Williams. I take a lot of pride in how my lawn looks. I have, I grew up in a family where my dad owned a lawn care service. I, it's just in my blood. That's why I trust my friends at A-plus Lawn and Landscape each and every year. I've been a customer of theirs for probably eight to nine years, something like that. I let them handle the chemicals. And I also know how important fall aeration with overseeding can be for your lawn. AplusLawn.com. You can call them at 515-368-8603. Let them do the hard stuff. You can still mow, do all that fun stuff. Of course, they'll do it for you if you want. But I let them do the difficult stuff. AplusLawn.com. Tell them that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatic sent you. Got to get that aeration done, guys. Time's running out. This year has brought challenges unlike any other. Challenges impacting every one of us in some way. But if there's one thing we can count on, it's that Cyclones come together in time of need. Through the Forever True for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will benefit every aspect of the university, Cyclones everywhere are helping to reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. More than 89,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 30,000 first-time donors. These gifts total more than $1.35 billion. The campaign, now in its final year, has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size, and the impact is seen across campus. During these challenging circumstances, the generosity of Iowa State donors is what keeps the heart of campus beating. Learn more at forevertrueisu.com. Cyclone Fanatics, the job world is a competitive place, and at all times you need to dress for success. This is exactly why you should stop into Mr. B Clothing down at 1995 Northwest 86th Street in Clive and see my buddy Tim Sitzman. Now, Mr. B Clothing is a longtime supporter of CycloneFanatic.com, but is also unmatched when it comes to the men's clothing game in Des Moines. The Mr. B staff is friendly, fun, they're very knowledgeable, and trust me, these guys will get you looking good for that next job interview, wedding, or just your everyday wardrobe. When you stop into Mr. B Clothing, be sure to tell them thank you for supporting CycloneFanatic.com. This pony needs a new home. 
Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson has an exclusive drawing for our VIPs. Earn entries now for your shot at a new Ford Mustang Fastback. But this ride can only go home with select Club Wild members. Check your status today when you play at Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson. You'd rather be here. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, call 1-800-BEDS-OFF. Hey, Cyclone fans, it's Chris Williams. You've heard our friends from the Iowa pork producers. They've been coming on here for the last couple of years. I've been telling you guys about them. I've had the great opportunity to meet so many of our state's great pork producers over the last couple of years, and I've learned so much. One thing specifically, I didn't really know this before. I guess I probably should have, but these pigs are raised in environmentally controlled barns that helps farmers care for the pigs they protect the pigs from extreme temperatures predators you know all that stuff it is so high tech some of the stuff that our great pork producers are doing and they're doing it all to feed our world and and don't forget about this so you can have some of that delicious iowa pork at your tailgates coming up this fall from everyone at cyclone fanatic i'm chris williams saying thank you to our state's great pork producers. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is now fueled by the Mississippi River Distilling Company. It is located in Leclerc, Iowa, and owned by Cyclones. In fact, one of them even used to be Cy. People ask us all the time, how can they help out at Cyclone Fanatic? Well, here's a way. You can pick up a delicious bottle of Cody Road bourbon or the very popular Iowa's Cream Liqueur. Cyclone Fanatic is proud to be fueled by Cody Road. So cheers to our friends at the Mississippi River Distilling Company. And go Cyclones. Welcome back to the Cyclone Fanatic Radio Show, powered by Mechdyne here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Jared Stansberry, joined again by Jeff Woody. Jeff, you're not a basketball guy, uh, but... I enjoy watching it, but I don't know much about it. You're you're like me with football, kind of. I I like football, you know. And I know enough that are like, Hey, better spacing guys. But that's pretty much it. Like yeah. I, I have very rudimentary knowledge of the ins and outs of basketball. Well, yeah, it's like, I can't sit there and tell you how good somebody's run fits are, but I can tell you when, you know, like very basic level things are screwed up. I can be like, okay, you screwed that up. But, uh, TJ Otzelberger obviously has his staff assembled now. Big news of the week, Rasheer Bolton uh, transferring away from Iowa State, which was not a surprise to um, you know people who I you know are CF Premium users or anything like that. It was not a surprise to me. Most people who follow the program closely, as someone who you know doesn't follow the program as closely on a day to day basis, Jeff, what I mean, what was your reaction to something like that? That's not really surprising. I mean, yeah. you get a coach to leave, you get a new coach who comes in, and everybody's expecting a culture change you kind of go, all right, do I want to learn how to, do I want to relearn everything or am I just going to bounce? And I think just getting a new fresh situation, especially, you know, I've been on teams in football and yeah, it's really it in football that have been losing teams and they're not fun to be around because you play the game, you lose, have that feeling. And you go watch the film, watch how close you were to not losing, but still lost. Then you go to practice trying to win. Then you lose. And then you watch the film and it's this cycle of just this negative kind of dark energy that sits around there. And you're kind of like, you just want to break out of it. So everything that touches that negative energy, you just sort of have to leave. So a guy that's competitive and wants to be in a good situation, doesn't have a ton of time left. It's fine. Like all, by all means, that's not surprising, but I think as a guy, let's turn around and ask you a question. What are your thoughts then about what Iowa state is returning with the new staff, with having guys already transferred out who, what is coming back and what does odds need to look for uh, odds and the staff need to look for in replacing what's gone. Well, right now, the unfortunate thing is that they're kind of in a standing, standing pat situation because they're waiting to find out what's going to happen with Tyrese Hunter, uh, the four-star recruit out of Wisconsin, the point guard, because he's a guy who can be a cornerstone piece for you, the point guard of the future, and you can build around, you know, but until he reaffirms his commitment and confirms that he's going to stay with Iowa state, which as of today, like, I feel really good that that will be the case, but we don't know that for certain, you know, like you kind of have to sit there and be like, well, we don't want to go sign another point guard because we, then we don't want Tyrese to look at it and be like, well, why'd you go sign another point guard? You know? Yeah. So like, it's difficult in that sense, but 
I will say as far as guys that are returning, I mean, I think Xavier Foster obviously is the big one. That's another guy that I think can be a building block for you and be someone who can be one of those cornerstone pieces. Uh, then you like look at a George Condit. I think George Condit could have, I don't know that you can call it a breakout season because of the way that like he was obviously good as a freshman. He was good for half of his sophomore season, but then like the year and a half since then has really struggled. But I think we're going to see him get back to that form, but like be better. Mm -hmm. He's really refocused from what I understand and like has really changed his mentality of the way he approaches the game, which is a good thing because that kid has a lot of talent. He's got the potential to be good and he could have a really solid, you know, super junior year, I guess. Um, with Trey Jackson and Jaden Walker, like it's nothing against them, but they're just not shot makers. You know, they're not guys that you look to, to be like, all right, man, go stand in the corner and we're going to trust you to knock down three threes a game. Like I've seen Jaden Walker shoot too many shots off the side of the backboard to think that that's going to be the case all of a sudden, you know? And again, that's like not anything against Jaden. That's just not who he is. And so like, that's where like, after you find out what's going to happen with Tyrese Hunter, which again, like I said, I think Tyrese Hunter will come to Iowa state. And when is the uh, official commitment date that one would have to have for him? Well, I mean, I guess he's signed to a letter of intent. So I guess in theory, the day that he arrives on campus, Mm. you know, like, I guess you could technically sweat it out all the way to then. I don't think that that will happen. Like, I think that probably in the next, I don't want to put a timetable on it. Not too much longer. I can't imagine that this will go on that much longer where it's kind of hangs in the balance. But then like, after you get that, you can kind of turn your attention to be like, all right, now we need shooters. You know, we need people who can play the two guard, but you don't have anybody. You know, like Rasheer Bolton would have been that guy, but obviously he's moving on. Like you, now you need to get some guys who can play that two guard spot and that can shoot and can knock down shots for you at a good clip. I think that there's some, there would be some value in maybe trying to add another true point guard, an older, like a transfer true point guard that can come in and just push Tyrese Hunter and get him to where he doesn't have to play 40 minutes a game as a true freshman point guard in the big 12. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen where that can have value. Uh, I don't know if, if you remember him, but his number 11 will hang in the, in the rafters once someday, like, but even, but even Monte had, and that's what I'm going to say. He had DeAndre, he had DeAndre King. King. He yeah. still had a guy that was going to almost get into a fist fight with him every single practice because Monte wasn't going hard enough. Well, right. Okay. Well, we got to figure out how that works. Right. And it's like, you got to learn, like, you can't just like, I think that there's value in having that person that can come in and help you like learn how to be that guy. You know, are there any, it's also probably not necessarily like super public. And I would imagine there's conversation going on with everywhere because it is more or less an open market of transfers. Is there anyone that is sort of leaning towards Iowa state or, or rumors that you have a, a grad transfer or even just an open straight up cross transfer that's considering Iowa state because of the new coaching change or just generally, or is there just, conversation that's not quite able to be put out there yet. There are guys out there. If, if people want to know a lot about them, they can log on to cyclonefanatic.com and join the premium. Uh, Cause we've talked about them a lot, you know, a handful of guys on there, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, like it all, it's all predicated on Tyrese Hunter and he's priority one at this point for the staff. Like they are working every day to reaffirm the commitment of Tyrese Hunter priority two actually is Taman Lipsy, the, the point guard out of Ames uh, and keeping him in his hometown, which that if you can get him, you keep Tyree Hunter and you have Xavier Foster, that's a trio of guys that you can build around. And they're all from the area that TJ has talked so much about wanting to be, to recruit from the upper Midwest. And it's like, that's your tone setting crew. You know, that's your Monte Morris, your George Niang. I'm not saying they're going to be good as those guys. Cause like those guys are obviously all time greats, but it's like in theory, that's like what the idea would be is like, these are your guys that you're going to build around for the future. And then from there, it's just like, how do we keep this from being a disaster again? You know, and how do we get this to where we can have some positive momentum going into year two when Taman would come and whatever else you can get in that recruiting class. So like, there's not any guys that I'm going to sit here and say like, Oh, well, they're really close on this guy because I don't think there are any of them yet. Just while they're kind of in the holding pattern. Is there a, a, a curiosity that I would have by the way, foster and by the way, Condit play, is there a future where they are predominantly on the floor together, or is it going to be more of a big man rotation where you're getting 25 minutes a game out of both and you're getting five minutes of overlap where they are on the field or on the floor at the same time? I mean, I think at the end of the day, it would depend on how they can guard, you know, can you guard well enough? Like, can one of them guard the perimeter? 
like I've, I haven't seen that at this point from either one of them, but uh, like they're both true rim protector type guys. You know, I don't know that you want to like have two seven footers out there just to have two seven footers out there, regardless of the fact that, yeah, I mean, I think they could score. Like, I don't think that would be a problem. Like we know what Xavier Foster can do as a shooter, but it would be, can you stop anybody? You know, yeah. like that would be the bigger issue. Do you have anything else that you want to, that you were wondering about or uh, uh, about basketball is generally like uh, we had talked kind of before we started that your the, the comfort level with the staff of how it, is it all the way solidified uh, or is it just most of the pieces are mostly in place. There's still one or two guys are looking for no, it's, updated those people that have not yet gone to cycling fanatic and, and no. on everything. Nope. They're good to go, man. Got the full staff in place. Got the full support staff in place. Player development guy, Nate Schmidt's coming back. He was at Iowa state a couple years ago. Uh, Pete links coming back as the strength coach. They're, they're good to go, man. And I think that, like I said, once this Tyrese Hunter thing get, gets figured out, then I think that they're going to hit the ground running and be ready to move on, get a good team on the floor, hopefully next season. And, um, you know, move forward. It's time, time to do it. I'm ex I'm excited to, to, you know, excited to be excited again, Sort of like when uh, Coach Campbell got hired for football, you're like, "All right, things might be better." And I think the the expectation, at least for me, again, as the the fan, not the analyst on basketball, is if this next basketball season can be like Campbell's first year, where they won what three games, but mm -hmm. their biggest margin of defeat was like eleven points or fourteen points, something like that. But and you started to see like, oh like we're competing with Oklahoma or we're competing with Texas or we're competing with or whatever. All right. Well, this ain't so bad. Like well, there is a future here, you know, where it, if, if this next season you have the defending national champions, you have Kansas, you have West Virginia, you have Oklahoma state, you have all those really, you know, you have good teams. You have Chris Beard at Texas now, like you've got really good teams. You might not be looking to win the conference next year, but if you can, win six or seven games and be competitive in all the rest and start holding down Hilton again. I think that's a win for next season. Absolutely. All right. Thanks man for, for joining me. We'll, uh, we'll be back again next week from six to seven here on the morning sports station, 1460 KX and 106.3 FM.